0: Time is love, the curry's clean, your dog is dead, it's a
1: Ponzi screen, Ponzi's green, Ponsie's green, because it's got something to do. You can have whatever you like. <laughs> Say you can
0: have whatever you like. <laughs> what a throwback. Trown <laughs>
1: on me, throne on ice. Uh Danny, you wanna just put in the audio instead of me singing? Um uh, I'm gonna put can't. in uh
0: Can you put in, you can't like, that's definitely a copyright issue or something like that. So it's like,
1: I I just made those for copyright purposes. I just made those words up and that melody up pure coincidence. No, no, no.
0: The words, the words are fine. It's the, it's like, I can't drop it in. Maybe I'll just put in some like nice polka music and right as you are saying those lyrics or something like that. I'm going to put in something fun. It'll be great.
1: All right. That sounds good. We can Uh, auto tune you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is autotune oh, I can- has autotune been copyrighted?
0: Um that's, that's just- a really that's a really good question, actually, David. Cause I feel like some weird like um pedal board person probably originally came up with it. And then T uh not T I um T Pain. T Payne like fucking he ran he ran for the hills with that situation and then and that that was it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, like, yeah, there's just, like, some weird My Bloody Valentine guy in the background, like, no, I made made auto-tune, no! And his his pedal board is, like, one part of his wall, you know?
1: What song, you're not saying that My Bloody Valentine did auto-tune, you're saying that a guy of, as of, or related to My Bloody Valentine...
0: Haven't you ever heard of their pedal board set? Situ- Look, I'm I'm on like, I'm already on a deviation here that could really lead us down into a very welcome dark to, Welcome to Pons <laughs> and Screen,
1: Welcome to <laughs> and uh, With us today uh, is friend of the show, Lucy Steiner. How you doing, Lucy?
2: I'm doing good. How are you guys?
1: Oh, good vibes. Just, I got- I'm pretty good. I yeah. just
2: did a bunch of reading about the world being on fire. So that has me in oh. a good mood.
1: Oh, yeah. Where are you, you reading about that?
2: You assigned it to me, David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> you assigned it.
0: You, you cruel you mistress. <laughs> uh, David, I will say... David's
3: one of the best friends you can have, and so is Danny, in that they just text you gloomy articles at all hours of the day and night.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah the I,
2: messages, I... Check this out, LOL. Uh-huh.
3: It's a, uh, it's a, uh, they're, they're global goth is really what we're getting at. It's uh it's very gloomy.
0: Yeah, I will I will say as a person who has literally lived on every state in the West Coast. Oh, yeah. Um I'm not look, I don't mind by I don't I like living here now <laughs> if if smoke is just part of the one of the seasons now, which was literally starting like the year that I left. Ah uh, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need that 500 parts per parts per millions you know like particulate situation like worse than beijing on like on the destroy everything like industrial factory day like oof. well you know what's really the- gross
3: about the smoke is that it's not just like that hickory or that mesquite <laughs> or that applewood you know it's uh yeah. it's like do you do you need these uh plastics and uh boron and just disgusting like iphone parts melting and uh filling the air with toxins,
2: yeah, none there- of those scents go with a nice bourbon <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah. right
3: yeah i'm getting a uh, I'm getting a nice like a plastic tonka truck type uh, on the nose
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i just i always uh there's <laughs> I always just picture the guy outside of like Gresham Morgan with the grill. And like there's a fire, there's a forest fire in the background. He's just like, oh, this is gonna be good. (laughs) (laughs) Sausage Link's like, yeah, yeah, get that flavor in there.
1: I, I, the photos were, I mean, I think that we all have seen the photos of like San Francisco. It looks like the whole city is in like a photo lab. That's how like dark and red that color Mm -hmm. was. Really just the, I mean, if I didn't know that the apocalypse would actually come with the cinematography of Blade Runner, <laughs> I <just thought laughs> yeah, that, I thought that that would be a little bit of an affect, you know. But it truly is the exact same color palette.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, one of the it's, most it's gloomy close. photos I saw was a bunch of migrant workers who are in the middle of this uh, fog, um, and they are using their, oh my their smartphone flashlights as they're hunched over picking cucumbers yes. in the fields.
2: Oof. This really is like getting more and more like the first like the first chapter of a sci fi novel. It's like when you're when you're just kind of building the world. Like you're just kind of like, This is what the world is in uh 30, 36, you know? It's like the right. sky is red and you're like, ooh, that's different.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I read a tweet. Uh there's the Deltron thirty thirty hip hop album and uh somebody tweeted that uh the that, uh, the album came a thousand years early.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very good. Uh
2: <laughs> yeah. That really is yeah. what this feels like. <laughs> it's like we just uh yeah, yeah. This whoever,
0: is... whoever, like, uh, who, whoever was the guy who did the color correction for the movie Traffic is just like,
2: yes, <laughs> this is
1: this is what I wanted yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, I, I saw a good tweet that was like, I didn't realize that the apocalypse would be so filled with people referencing other pieces of apocalyptic art. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, there, there were never, there was never like a scene in in like an apocalypse movie where they're like, this is so like 1984, man. Yeah. Like, uh, that, but that happens, that happens off often too much, uh, these days. Uh, so, uh, let's go into something more fun, I guess for now. Uh, yeah, for now, for now, for now, we're going to circle back to the good stuff. Uh, but for now it's
3: time for shots of Patron to get us ready. Are we pregame? Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, dude. So, uh, The rapper T.I., best known for uh, Live Your Life, Swagger Like Us, Whatever You Like, Uh, was on Robin Thicke's number one single, Blurred Lines, all of our favorite music that we still listen to every single day. This man is uh, in a $75,000 settlement over uh, allegedly uh, breaking by selling a fraudulent cryptocurrency
0: basically no yeah. t.i yeah. you can't do that
1: <laughs> t.i
0: i don't know if you guys know but like did, did you ever ca- did you catch that sort of weird news blurb where t.i was just sort of like yeah my daughter her hymen is still intact she i has not had sex yet
2: yeah is that him? i was just gonna say yeah, an, yeah. anything yeah. anything to keep his mind off his daughter's vagina in my opinion <laughs> <laughs> is a good thing
3: it's like, as what? long as he
2: leaves that poor girl alone, get into as many <laughs> cryptocurrency scams as you want, baby boy.
3: Yeah, you're like, that's yeah, yeah, a healthy yeah. hobby. <laughs> that's a healthy
0: hobby. Crypto scams.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, what, wait, so his, and he has, a, his wife is, he has, his wife has a very particular funny first name. It's like, it's like Bunny or Baby or, or something like, ooh, what's what? I gotta look this up. Continue. Continue. It's something
2: that like the girl would be named in a Rob Zombie movie. <laughs>
0: uh,
2: yes.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes! <laughs>
1: uh so he basically has settled these charges. Uh that they were alleging that uh that he and four other associates uh that said that they had controlled the company's Flick and CoinSpark that conducted this initial coin offerings, which TI promoted. So basically, he lied about having ownership over this coin offering, uh, uh, claiming to be a Flick co-owner and urging his followers to invest in the coins. This is illegal because, as all of us do when we're thinking about our next you know, financial investments, when we're thinking about especially what currencies to invest in for the future, we're thinking about what rappers in 2013 were investing in. And that's the most important determinant for, uh, all of our, for all of our investment activity. I think we can all agree to that, right?
2: Yes. That's all, the first thing I look at. Every yeah. day before E-Trade. Yeah. I look at what
1: the. I check out,
3: yeah, uh, I I check out Biz Markie's Twitter feed. You know, I go way back. I'm old school.
0: I'm like, what you, what's he into? Is it Ethereum today? Let's do it. His, his, his name. All right. First off, Tiny tiny is his wife's name (laughs) and and that's because she is literally four foot eleven okay she's very tiny and (laughs) i will say this ti does not get that much taller than her so there is no way that this man is above five five and honestly uh cryptocurrency that's a that's a short man's game all right (laughs) it
1: really is my mom is four foot ten and her name is ann I don't understand. I don't oh understand. my God,
0: your short ass mom, David. Uh, she should be
2: called God. Tiny. <laughs> She's all called of you tiny guys. Tiny now. You guys
1: are all making really valid points. I got yeah. some, some soul searching to do about my mom. I'm going to give her a call after this. Tiny uh, Bradley Eisenberg. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Which is also uh, the
3: name of the banjo player in my bluegrass band. Yeah. yeah. Dude, hell yeah. 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 We're from <laughs>
1: Uh, one of our, one of our, like the the mandolin player lived in Alabama for six months on study abroad, uh, <laughs>
3: and you know what? The people there they taught him more than he <laughs> taught them.
1: Uh, yeah, so basically uh, these flick tokens, which I don't like it for one reason. First off, it's called flick. Shut the fuck up. That's disgusting. <laughs> second off it's uh capital f capital l lowercase i capital k okay i don't I don't understand why you need to have the i in the lowercase this whole thing about spelling uh and capitalization in different parts of the word all started with Apple, and it's done it's over I'm cancelling this I'm cancelling the lowercase i. Right now, I'm tired of it.
0: No, I. It didn't start with Apple. It started with like people like like myself like seeing children in 2004 having their like message board name be like despondent reader. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you can tell which is uppercase and lowercase based off of like my my in, inflection. Oh my
1: God, <laughs> uh, I, w- I would love to find Mark Zuckerberg's like emo Zanga account.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's no uh, difference. Well, isn't that be- the
2: whole first part of the social network is him like <laughs> spilling his guts on Live Journal? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He was, Yep. Yep. Horny judgment's all.
2: By the way, my eyes are tearing up tremendously right now, and I'm pretty sure it's because I just touched an onion. <laughs>
1: but
4: <laughs> <laughs> for, for the duration
2: of this podcast, I'd like you to imagine that I'm just crying over the beautiful works of ti i'm reflecting
4: (laughs) on the catalog
2: of ti and it's making me emotional
3: yeah yeah it's giving you a very uh zizek vibe (laughs) on
2: uh, (laughs) on yes yes The sublimated hip-hop
4: discourse. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, well, what is the difference uh, between a, a hip-hop band putting a Z at the end of the word to replace <laughs> the S, and white people putting a a tiny little I instead of a capital I at the beginning of their words?
1: This- this rapping- is the contradiction inherent in all of capitalism. Wrapping
2: about big booties is not inherently revolutionary.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Why would you... No, no, no. It's like a... Why would you put the PlayStation 2 in the back of the headdress when it immediately becomes obsolete? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's, uh, that's ludicrous. I'm sorry. But...
1: Uh- <laughs> Uh, Well, now that we all got our ludicrous impressions in, uh, so Flick (laughs) tokens were sold as investment contracts in the company. Okay, so basically, one thing that you can do with Bitcoin and with all these companies is you can either have, when you buy the coin, it's like buying a part ownership of the company itself. Yeah. Or you can have it where you are basically buying it as if you were buying a currency, but you don't have like shareholder privileges. Like you would if you were buying a stake in the company. You know what I mean? Mm. And- I think I think I I
0: think I know what you're talking about, David. Because uh, oddly enough, I actually have shares, private shares, in the company that I used to work for. Like I got stock options. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. So I don't have a lot of them. I think I have maybe like s- seven shares of it. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, I haven't worked at this place for four years now. But every once in a while, I'll get an email and be like, "Up oh, here's an update on your private shares that don't exist on the stock market yet. Oh, yeah. So which is funny about like the initial coin offering scene, because it just sounds like stock options with like no regulation <laughs> at all, <laughs> like they, they could immediately just like crumble out of nowhere, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing about Bitcoin, like cryptocurrencies is that they're it it's it sometimes an unproven technology other times it's uh totally meaningless in its applicability and it really does just end up becoming an investment firm like there's no a lot of these coins most of them i would argue have no transactional purpose you can't yeah i mean it, i remember in like 2014 for like 6 months there were three bodegas in williamsburg that would take bitcoin and besides that it hasn't ever really transpired where you can actually use bitcoin to exchange goods or services except for like on the black market for heroin and or children right i mean like there's no there's no good use for these things as a currency themselves
2: and to be fair all of those bodegas in brooklyn were selling exclusively organs and children Yo, yeah. Yeah, 100%, yeah. Yeah. Like right underneath the
3: boar's head deli meat con- uh, counter <laughs> <laughs> There was
0: a secret oh. door where you can get those sweet, sweet, sweet breads <laughs> yeah. the, the only transactional like The only transactional like fortune people have made with Bitcoin w- Is kind of similar to what you're saying, David Which in like 2014, I remember there was a fucking like poutine cart in portland oregon that was like oh, yeah, yeah. You, you you could pay in bitcoin or we'll give you a bitcoin but i remember they're like hey we'll give you um we'll give you change in a bitcoin and that was when bitcoin was worth like five one coin was equal like seven bucks oh, and yeah. then this person forgot about it and then they immediately became a ten thousand dollar an air <laughs> like six years later That's like the only transactional good That has happened t- from like Bitcoin
1: Yeah, a $10,000 an error Is a pathetic moniker That is so lame I don't Ooh, know what dude, A, a uh, 10000 error, I don't know man 10000 error? Just, now, dude, I'll take that any day of the week Just, just <laughs> yeah but you don't you don't get the title. Just say you have ten thousand dollars. You're just a you're just a person.
3: If Danny that... got ten thousand dollars, <laughs> I can imagine him everything would be the same except he would have a pimped out Vespa.
0: <laughs> or oh my God, dude, I'd have a Sprinter van in a second. No, I take that back. I need fifty thousand dollars to make my sprinter van the way I want it. Um but uh yeah, you know I'm a I'm when a bad guy.
1: When you're a fifty thousand heir.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know I'm a. When I got fifty racks, see, does that sound weird, David? That's it sounds better. weird when, it better. sounds weird when I say I have fifty. I like racks. to say I got fifty right.
3: steaks in the oven or in the freezer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like a lot of steaks. Yeah, that I like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'm fine with that. dare just doesn't roll off the tongue nicely. I'd rather you say racks. You know, like. <laughs> Uh, So, anyways, they were doing Flick Tokens. Again, I'm not happy about the name. Uh, Yeah. And basically, the company claimed it would operate as a, quote, Netflix on the blockchain, which just sounds like (laughs) they did Mad Libs.
0: It just seems like they they stole a red box and they they put it in front of somebody's house. (laughs) A
1: streaming platform where users could buy products and services with Flick Tokens. Okay. It really That's- is
2: just like a business mashup, Netflix. It, it, like it's a business mashup, labs where it's just like it's a it's a Netflix JP Morgan Chase enterprise.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I and also I I love like I love it when people like to try to associate themselves with like a proven con or, or like a proven concept like like Netflix or streaming services where it's like, it's it's sort of like in the back of everybody's head that like Netflix operates on a, a precarious, like operational, like fluidity where they're just sort of like, oh boy, if people stop caring about comedy, we are fucked, yeah. you know? <laughs> or, or like, we better hope that Adam Sandler's movie is just dog shit and not horribly dog shit. <laughs> and then the only other streaming services are like NBC who are like, we already have billions of dollars, so we're just doing this on the side. So, yeah, just trying to be like, yeah, oh, we're making a new one. It's pretty cool. That's the, what? What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. It sounds like Uber, but for oat milk. <laughs> it, it, like, there's just no, there's no lot. It's gobbledygook. There's, who is going to yeah. be like, you know, I really wanted Netflix, but the payment system was just too straightforward. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no market for this sort of thing you're not gonna uh, who is like i need illegal money to fund my cheers reruns is there a
3: way i can uh pay for this netflix with uh untraceable cash that does <laughs> yeah. exclusively digital why do you who even have just like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm just trying to uh diversify out of my child selling ring <laughs> <laughs> into spotify
2: i mean who would have thought that just going like why don't we have a new currency wouldn't really pan out
1: oh <laughs> <super laughs> <well. laughs> uh, god so basically um there was this guy but there was a uh, there was a big wig there's always uh behind every villain there's always like a white dude who's really running the show right Usually yeah. in like a, in a bad in a you know in an action movie he has like uh salt and pepper hair you know. Right. This is the like fire that. festival all over again. Mm-hmm. This is the fire festival all over again. Right. T.I. and Ja
3: Rule, it's the same, you know. You got the stocking yeah. horse out front for the brand.
1: Right. So there's this film producer named Ryan Felton and film producers notoriously clean guys, you know. They they money. yeah, money's always coming from good places. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, uh, basically, the uh, the lawyer for TI said that the rapper never received a dollar from Mr. Felton's failed venture and immediately removed his name from it once he learned that the project was undeveloped, basically. So they were, he had no ideas what he's saying for what it is. Uh, after he promoted the this product, uh, he allegedly felton allegedly used the money from uh its investment uh from the investors to buy a ferrari a million dollar home diamond jewelry and other luxury goods uh felton is now being charged by the department of justice whereas uh ti just has to settle with the sec so a little bit a little bit lighter of a sentence uh yeah that's that that's that's the that's the big bad boy is Mr. Felton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: so. well, we'll see what happens. Uh I'd like to see what it, so what does it mean, David? He just has to um pays something 70, with the S's?
1: Pay $75,000.
0: Oh, you mean he has to pay 75 racks? Seven. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect, or perfect. or
1: a van and a half.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tell you what, I got I got this excellent van that you might like. <laughs>
1: Uh, so yeah, anyways, I'm glad that before we move on from the subject, I just want to congratulate all of us. None of us did a pun on his songs we're We're way beyond cable, man we We have a totally different brand, and speaking of brands, climate change yeah 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 i dude, I already explained
0: this i like I like ludicrous way ludicrous is my Atlanta rapper choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, person uh, like i mean i don't know is there anyone i mean he's the funnest
1: yeah i like ja- i really love ja rule i think that his involvement fire festival is fucking hilarious uh I, yeah I, I think that's where I, I is ja rule from atlanta though i don't want to
0: no speak. he's from new york he's from new york oh,
1: yeah he's got that, with that yeah, accent, yeah. So yeah 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 <laughs> he's from new york uh
0: hey Gabe, Gabe, do you have a do you have a preferred early two thousands rapper? I
3: uh, I'm a big Atlanta fan. I like uh, Outcast, big yeah. Outkast boy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wemini, AT Aliens.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Outcast. Out. Yeah. Uh, oh, and just before we go any further, yeah. Apparently, like somebody saw uh, Andre three thousand like at a gas station last week with like a, a flute, and he was just hanging out. He's a real artist. Like. like
4: yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah,
0: he's, they walked up to him and he looks, he's got like speckles of like gray in his hair and his afro now and stuff, but he had like a traditional African fruit flute and they were like Andre Thietraus and he's just like, hey man, what's up? <laughs> and he's just hanging out dude, with this crazy flute.
1: That dude pioneered like Sensi Boy rap lyrics like five or six years before Drake even was born.
3: I blame uh, the yeah. sensitive
1: rap all on Kanye. Oh, yeah i blame neurotic rap on kanye sure but uh i don't know anyways neurotic sensitive uh, we're just talking about our co-host of Ponzi scream at this point uh so (laughs) we have uh the next big thing uh oh yeah sure sure
0: oh that's all right um I think you sound uh, you sound pretty
3: good to me, but it's up to Danny.
4: Do
1: you wanna, well, do you wanna as, record as long, this just in case?
0: Yeah, as long as it is is it recording is your is your um I'm not recording is your, this. No, i say like I know because it would say like the yeah. little um the, sure. little, the little Yeah, yeah. No, I was gonna say is your um is your field recorder. Did it turn off or something, or can you just? Yes, we would need. It turned off. Okay, cool. Yeah, then we definitely. You would want to. We would either need Gabe to push the record feature on on this first before we go further. I'm doing it now. Yeah, yeah. Other. Perfect. Yeah, we're good now. Yeah.
2: Okay, so I don't have to press anything.
0: Uh yeah no if you're if your recorder isn't working um or if it's like not functioning perfectly that's fine. Okay. Yeah.
2: Cool.
1: Um all right well that was really nice. Uh I just want to live in that that segment for the rest of the day. I I like I just want to go back to thinking about TI and a silly thing. Uh this fraudulent cryptocurrency scheme and uh unfortunately we got to go to something uh A little less cool. Uh, The CFTC came out with a climate report basically on the financial risks posed by climate change. Uh, This sort of stuff happens and, from what I understand, comes out semi-frequently, these sorts of reports. Um, Mm -hmm. What I think is kind of newsworthy about it is, uh, first off, what is going on right now uh, just with California and everything else and just how egregious climate change has become. But also, this is a Trump administration uh, CFTC. And, um, you know, we all know Trump's uh, position on climate change. It doesn't bear worth repeating. But so the findings of the report uh, basically say the fundamental finding is that financial markets will only be able to channel resources efficiently. This is from the report directly to activities that reduce greenhouse gas emissions if an economy wide mm-hmm. price on carbon is in place at a level that reflects the true social cost of those emissions.
0: So, wait, but that just sounds like a carbon tax. Yes. Is that what that is? Yes. There, this is, it, we, we truly live in extraordinary times because, like, there, <laughs> you're going to get to a point where there's, like, crazy massive forest fires and uh, right, like, in the wake of the forest fires like like right where the fire stops there's gonna be like loggers literally like cutting down the trees just being like what it was gonna get it was gonna be burned this is fine i could take this tree now and like that's that's what we're gonna turn into eventually
1: looters like like climate looters basically
0: yeah, but I mean, it, it, the funny thing being, like, they're not technically wrong. Like the the tree would it's like would Yeah, I mean, this
3: is eco organ
0: harvesting.
4: You
3: right. Know? Yeah. Because if you're like, well, this yeah. person's gonna die. Uh, they're in the car crash. We need their we need their pupils. We need their corneas. We need their livers. We need mm-hmm. their sweet mm-hmm. sweet sweet breads. And uh, yeah. <laughs> same thing with these with these forests. I mean, it was gonna get plowed yeah, over we- anyway
2: yeah they should really do a remake of fern gully where <laughs> the, the where the loggers are just like look it it's either it's either logging or fire <laughs> those are your options God. Like the, the, the berries beat the loggers and then just get burnt to death
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh oh my god yeah um yeah that the 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 whole carbon tax thing somebody somebody came out uh publicly as being like uh oh. The guy, the Delaware senator who's being challenged. Chris that was Coons. his thing. Chris Coons, he was like he's like one of those sort of stooges who uh was like doesn't really do anything. And his whole thing on climate change was just like, well, what we gotta do is implement a carbon tax. And like that was like the <laughs> that was like the only answer that he had.
1: Um it's been talked about for so long. And mm-hmm. I think that one thing we're going to talk about a little bit later is just how much, how cheap talk really is when you're talking about action on climate change and action on the environment. And Mm -hmm. so there's always these things that are just like, uh, you know, we as the central finding of this report is that climate change could pose systemic risks to the U.S. financial system. And, you know, the, the CFTC, the Commodities Future Trading Commission, regulates commodities. They're regulating you know, as you guys rightly pointed out, timber, uh, they you know, coal or gold or any other, you know, uh, frozen orange juice if you're into the movie trading places. And then they like the, mm-hmm. so then they also, but so they're saying that the, these poses all these risks. Uh, you know, it also says that there's gonna be these subsystemic shocks, right? Uh, and it, uh, that could also like leak downstream that could really just ruin vulnerable people community banks, all these people that have money that's tied up intricately with the rest of the economy and the poor are going to get hurt the most. But how – what are they going to do about it, right? Like it's just kind of the – the report comes out, something gets said, and then we have no idea whether – Who's going to do anything with this?
3: I mean, I know what I need to to happen, and this is the thing we got to think outside the box. We need to have a vanguard of uh, revolutionary TikTokers reintroduce beavers mm. to the West, because beavers are uh, the original terraformers. They're a keystone species. Wherever you put them, they create reservoirs of water, and uh, and that that's what we need in these in this drought-ridden environment. Whoa. Mm. beavers yeah beavers uh th- i think i think it's- <laughs> i didn't see that in the report <laughs> oh yeah uh guess, guess guess what they don't have on the commission <laughs> this guy right here <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah i think i didn't see anything about beaver armies in the report
0: <laughs> i don't know i think i think i think climate change like and in like carbon emission reduction and whatever. I I don't know. It it depends on what sh- I think people actually react they react differently based on the natural disaster, you know? Like you uh, like w- uh, wind, hurricane stuff, people are kind of dead into even though they're really destructive. Floods, you know, and uh that that's that's a little bit more effective, but fire, people are still viscerally afraid of fire. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. uh yeah, I, I don't know. I think any any kind of, like, actual change based off of, like, reducing carbon emissions will be <laughs> intrinsically linked to how close you are to the fire, essentially. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like I, I mean, like, real talk, I, re- I really think they're going to, like, it's going to be, if anything happens, it's going to be based on a very regional scale, specifically based on how you could be affected by a certain elemental, you know?
3: Well, why would anybody build a house in a zone where there's going to be fires endemic? they can't afford it otherwise. Yeah, and then also, uh, who's going to pay insurance on that house? And how do you... uh, Is there going to be a fire department anymore? You know, we we just saw that the fire departments are woefully unprepared because they uh, depend entirely on slave labor of incarcerated um, people to mm. to volunteer. And none of that's working anymore for California.
1: Volunteers is yeah, d- but yeah. Um, yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I I mean, I where are these homes going to get built? Actually, I saw Joe Biden had a pretty good clip that was like um, we shouldn't be talking about like you know Trump talks about like racial integration destroying the suburbs, but you know it's destroying the suburbs, wildfires are destroying the suburbs. Floods Mm. are destroying the suburbs. Hurricanes are destroying the suburbs. Climate change is like the biggest threat to the suburbs that you can imagine. It's a pretty good line, man. Not going to lie. Oh, that was pretty good.
3: Um, Yeah, he has some good ones. Don't the suburbs also create climate change? Like, we just have to get rid of them anyway? (laughs) Yes. So nature is killing the thing that is uh, changing nature because it's these single-family houses and the sprawl and the automobile culture that is a huge carbon emission in and of itself just a waste of resources and yeah so yeah i mean that's really the
2: biggest thing it's like as much as i'd love to believe that like people are ignoring or don't believe in climate change because they've been brainwashed solely by republicans like as as much as i'd love to believe that it really is more like no there's a certain expectation of comfort that a lot of Middle and upper middle class Americans have that like just isn't sustainable if we're if we're fighting climate change, like in a real way and like to tell people. But it's like it's it's the one thing that really freaks people out is if you tell them like, hey, you having a lawn might be counterproductive to us fighting this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, People yeah. lose their shit. So it's like, you know, and it's like because it's like you're you're basically attacking like my fundamental rights if you tell me that like my lawn is a problem, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it it's really that. And it's like, I don't know if that even, if it's even possible to change that attitude, like through like party politics, you know, it just seems like it's so ingrained in the American identity that it's like, I don't know how you even begin to change. Yeah,
3: it. like, like, I don't even think about, you know, so many people are rolling their eyes or wringing their hands at like Trump's response to the fires and yeah, he is the, he. I guess he's the leader of our country, but Gab, like gavin <laughs> yeah. gavin Newsom is the governor of California and did he not predict that there would be fires and weren't there fires last year and fires the year before that and right. and who was the governor before that was Jerry Brown did these people who are democrats not know that the this sort of like laissez faire infinite sprawl unregulated development was going to
1: cause this problem and ultimately like they have to confront capital because like mm. what is preventing uh, you know people from living in more urbanized spaces at an affordable price, but like real estate the real estate industry right like, Diane Feinstein
3: know, like, unregulated uh, deregulated uh, rental in uh, San Francisco, making it uninhabitable mm-hmm. for poor people and This started way mm-hmm. back in the late '70s and early '80s, and her husband was a huge real estate developer, so this goes oh, all yeah. the way back to like all of our our pantheon
1: of democratic uh, heroes yeah and good and yeah but you know when when kamala harris says her husband you know being a corporate lawyer doesn't in, impact her at all i believe her um <laughs> but like I, yeah i mean that there's just other it, it just keeps on happening that like eventually you have to be have an adversarial relationship to the forces that are causing this not just have a kind of you know well let's like tweak some things here to create these incentives for this new thing. It's like, no, no, you have, there has to be an adversary and and limiting that adversary to make these sorts of changes possible. And one of the reasons why these sorts of like wokes, like these like kind of like woke moves, you know, putting black lives matter on the street in New York city is because it's cheap. It's, it's it's a cheap, easy thing to express rights for someone who's, Inhibition costs nothing to so, anybody. Right. Here's what Maybe. I'm thinking about, David.
3: We have to paint uh trees all over the Exxon mobile gas stations. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. that's a good point. Yeah.
1: That shit mm-hmm. is green and clean, baby. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have their uh you have their um whatchamacallit, uh, their, their big sign that shows the gas prices. And you're just like, no, well, pu- it's like the Christmas tree in fucking Rockefeller Square. We'll just like fucking, you know, staple on some branches.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And <laughs> it'll just be like, you know, 250 for, you know, octane 91. You know, it'll be great.
2: Well, I feel like the equivalent to that, like in, you know, climate change terms is like... And I feel like people have started to see through this. It's like, look, obviously, like, yeah, you should recycle. Like, you should do all these things. You shouldn't litter. Like, there are all these, like, community efforts that people are encouraged to do. But that, like, at some point, like, people just kind of got, like, conflated with, like, for a long time, that was, like, conflated with, like, stopping climate disaster. (laughs) Right? It's like, oh, just do your part. Just do your part as a community member. And we can stop, you know, uh, these massive uh, changes that are really a result of like, you know, policy and, and systemic activity, right? right? It's like, but it's like for a long time, people were just convinced that like, oh yeah, you can, you can stop this. <laughs> you know, it's like, if you, yeah yeah you know, recycle your bottles and stuff. Yeah,
3: know? I know. I just think of like one ant, like if we're all individual ants and we're all given our own missions, but we're not working in tandem, it's like that, like yeah. one ant at the beach trying to like build a sandcastle or something or just like a dike or mm-hmm. something to to keep the water from coming in. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, beaver, not, uh, maybe
1: a beaver, uh, an ant. One <laughs> one lone beaver
3: doesn't work, guys. You need to have a whole have a squad of beavers. And I'm dead serious about this. The it, North America the climate in North America was radically changed by the almost extinction of beavers when the French mm-hmm. came here and trapped
1: them all. Before <laughs> that, Everything goes yeah. back to the fucking French, man. It all goes back. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, are,
2: you, are you working for the beaver lobby? Like, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. lobby? Dude, I work for Big Beaver, which is actually
3: <laughs> a huge problem for the suburbs. One reason that beavers aren't allowed to come back out is because when they start flooding areas they flood uh, cul-de-sacs and, oh, and yeah. track home areas. Oh, yeah. So. Oh,
2: yeah. Hell, yeah. yeah fuck, yeah, dude. Right. dude, dude,
3: dude they're... That's, that's Praxis. Yeah,
0: they're Antifa.
2: Beavers are Antifa. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you, you, know you know where Nike is headquartered? Seattle. Beaverton, Oregon.
1: What? That's right. Um, that's right. That's dude, right. Dude, kill all the uh, beavers and then name the town after them. Don't That's yeah. right
0: actually so I I had this I had this thought though I, I think um, yeah they they always try to place as far as like climate you know like how do we solve this problem but like you know like I, they always do try to place the onus on like the individual consumer or user and like not to get too mm. in the, not to get too in the weeds about it, but it's like very much like infrastructural. Uh, construction and what have you. Like when people create a road or when a government creates a road, they don't even take into factor what, what cars like what individual cars do to roads because it is infinitesimally. It doesn't matter. Bicycles doesn't matter. The only thing they take into consideration are trucks because like if you have a like four, you know, like a 10 ton truck or whatever, it does like 400 times more damage than a single car will do, uh, like a bicycle does like zero 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 four damage of what a car will do and zero, and that's what zero, we are zero. four, yeah, and like that's what we are we're all the little bicycle and stuff, and it's just sort of this deviation when you know there's all this marketing and just sort of like onus to be like you're the individual consumer don't use that plastic bag you know that's going to solve the problem when in reality it's like wait a minute don't these giant gas companies like just absolutely flood these th- this shale rock to get like this small <laughs> amount of oil in it that then causes Oklahoma to have earthquakes afterwards <laughs> like
1: what <laughs> the, yeah we I not mean, did, yeah didn't, didn't BP invent the term carbon footprint was that was, uh, that was oh. yeah maybe that's a good point yeah I'm pretty sure that I saw that on Twitter ergo it must be real but like that that BP was one of like their kind of like marketing thing was one of yeah they they, they were responsible for the the conceptualization of calculating your individual carbon footprint so as long mm, as the of-
3: as long as the print looks like delicate and dainty and you've got five little bubble <laughs> toes on on oh, each yeah. print. Yo, yeah. you know, that really markets to the uh feti- foot fetishists like myself over here. Oh yeah. <laughs> like a, a cute
1: carbon <laughs> footprint. Yeah. Ugh. Uh so I but I want to get into um an actual uh seemingly corporate fraud and cover up that's been going on very related to this uh that just came out in NPR uh this week and it was about the recycling of plastic and Big, huge, groundbreaking story uh, that basically came to the conclusion that we have never recycled plastic. And <laughs> <laughs> it is now- oh, yeah. I, 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 hey, buddy, I could have told you that. <laughs> <laughs> it has just never been happening and it never, seemingly never will happen. And Why? Entire-
3: My roommates always think that I sound like Alex Jones. When I tell them, don't worry, who cares where you put it? Who cares if you put it in the blue bag or not? It all goes to the same yeah. landfill. And they're like, who cares? What? you're a who cynical cares? monster, Gabe. What are you talking about? And like now NPR <laughs> is
1: telling us that I've been right all along. Well, <laughs> when, I th- when I think of... A really- but
2: they put the little symbol <laughs> on it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I think of a really black-pilled organization, I think of NPR... <laughs> Uh so maybe they're, maybe they're just super accelerationist with the story but like no they yeah so that i mean lucy that's that's exactly right they put this little symbol on all the plastics and the whole purpose of that was to mislead people into thinking that they were being recycled okay tin metal aluminum as far as i can tell still is getting recycled but plastic because it is, um, there's a few reasons that the article cites, and they like interviewed like uh, this journalist who, who wrote the story, Laura Sullivan and Sarah Gonzalez, I think. Or no, no, it was um, just Laura Sullivan. She uh, interviewed a former spokesperson for the plastics industry, uh, you know, big lobbyist kind of a person, and um, they big plastic, big plastic. And uh, the guy they interviewed
3: is retired now and bikes around on in his uh sort of idyllic retirement community in Florida. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And King. is and feels really bad, is shedding crocodile tears for uh, I
0: I Dude, I I love the oil industry where like like Greenpeace or whatever, like they like the it, you know, they'll see, you know, an executive and they'll maybe like throw a bucket of oil on him. I just imagine taking this guy and just hitting him with a fire hose of like Poland Spring bottles.
1: Yeah, just going
2: Honestly, guys, like this is making me really sad. I was really hoping that this cup maybe <laughs> had like 100 previous lives. Like maybe one year it was a Poland Spring bottle. Maybe another year. It was part of a dildo. Right,
4: like <laughs> you know?
3: Lucy. That that feels like uh, y- you're you're into the a concept of
1: reincarnation. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, Lucy, in a very Buddhist sense, you're right, but outside of that, <laughs> you're wrong. Yeah. Uh, so they, I mean, they, they, so they cite the the <laughs> industry sites like why they didn't. Recycle these things, right? And they say that it is much more expensive than just making plastic out of crude oil. Uh, they said that it, the science isn't fully there. Okay, <laughs> they just <What>? like <laughs> they just can't what? actually do it. They can't like yeah. in some ways. It's just it's it, degr- taking the degraded plastic and refabbing it into a dildo coffee cup is just. Wait, it's just the the plastic isn't stable enough. So the the
3: dildo would fall apart upon (laughs) reentry. Yeah, can you
1: imagine a recycled dildo just getting stuck in in your in your loved one's orifice? I mean, just not. Yeah, I I, yeah. Think of your family members. (laughs) (laughs) Think of the father.
2: (laughs) It's so crazy. That like this is just coming out now because it's like I remember being a kid and watching these like you know in school like they show you these like hour long documentaries where it's like some guy in a hard hat walking through a plastic recycling plant that was being, paid like,
1: for by the recycle the plastic industry <laughs> <laughs> they they talk about this it's crazy like <laughs> the whole industry paid for Lucy's elementary school science class. <laughs>
2: And he go, this is how we're, they'd show shots of it and be like, this is the process. This is how we're recycling it into new material. And it's like, it's almost like every piece of corporate propaganda I've ever watched was a lie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh,
4: yeah.
3: Yeah, you're, man. Yeah, so you're one, one thing you're bringing up, uh, David, is that all, like all of these different plastic products, they, in our mind, they've done a really good job Big Recycling has done a good job of conflating that the strawberry plastic container and the milk container and uh, my CD cases are all the same, so I can put them all in the same Mm -hmm. bag. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. we would need to be able to sort every one of these items individually Mm -hmm. to have them be recycled because
1: each type of plastic is different. Right. And they oftentimes have different parts to them, right? Like the AirPods are like kind of the most modern example of a product that cannot be thrown away because it is too dangerous and is too (laughs) combined with other things. Such that it can't be recycled. (laughs) Yeah. AirPods have like uh, some of, there's like some battery acid in them that would be like really, really harmful to a landfill if you didn't take it to get recycled. But if you got the technology recycled, like how you would recycle a printer, uh, they can't separate them because there's too much other like it's like metal, battery acid, plastic, other kinds of plastic, other kinds of metal, all mixed together into this little pod that is just it's all commingled, and separating that is is almost foolish.
3: You need a lot of nimble fingers to do that, which is why we need more child labor,
0: right <laughs> I well w- what 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 happens is a lot of that shit just ends up literally in Africa in some of the poorest countries there in these fields of like e-waste essentially mm-hmm. that uh doesn't get recycled it just literally gets burned it gets burned <laughs> by like <laughs> like african people who are just tr- you know are re- like recycling it when they burn off all the plastic and then they just get to all of the precious metals, like the cadmium and the copper and the gold and right. stuff like that. So like our version of recycling, especially when it gets to those weird hard plastics, is like, oh yeah, we're we're setting this shit on fire, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to give a kid hey. cancer in some way. <laughs> yeah, like that's hey. what's happening.
2: Hey, there that's some high quality toxic smoke they're producing. Okay. There's a lot of uses yeah. for that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Essential oils, incense.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. That's all. That's all true. And then the the last reason that that Sullivan in this uh, article talks about why the recycling industry would not recycle plastic is just because the plastic industry is owned by the oil industry, and yes, y- they have zero incentive to uh, if oil extraction is your business then recycling is a competitor to your business model. And so they have an adverse incentive to produce their own competitor. So they're never going to implement safe recycling ever because that cuts into their bottom line.
0: Oh, wait. Okay. So I have, I have a question. If we can go backwards a little bit. So what was all the, the fake recycling? Like what was happening? Like there was, there's like plants, obviously, that exist where something's happening. So what's that? Good question.
2: Is it just like North Korea, where it's like you go into a restaurant where, like, when the media goes into a restaurant, <laughs> yeah, 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 they like fill it up with people to make it look like it's real.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, they. Well, at some point, it it was legitimate that you can recycle a couple plastic pieces, and they bring it. Mm-hmm. They cite an example of a guy. Who had a recycling plant that did mostly metals, but then at a loss, he would recycle some plastics. And then there was the the year, the specific year that um, the oil companies started coming up with their recycling propaganda uh, and putting recycling labels on everything. And that year, this guy's uh, this guy's facilities got flooded with unusable plastics and then oh. they start then they ship them to china so we had to deal with china and then it was like well here no evil see no evil whatever china's magically turning this shit into general Toe's chicken like they <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know we just pushed wow. the pro- we kicked the problem down uh to another continent and now that uh china has refused to take our trash anymore for the last 2 years we're starting to see that uh they were just like burning or burying it because we have no technology mm. to handle this stuff.
0: Yeah, it I mean like look, I'm not going to be the the person who's just sort of like uh we just need to innovate our way out of this. But there is no incentive currently for these companies that would be able to recycle something like this to try to be able to recycle yes. it, you know. So when when you when you get fucking losers uh in you know congress and whatever who are like y- y- you know you tell us that y- y- we can't we can't send trash over to china there's no money there uh, we can't do it it doesn't cost it- it's too cost effective we'll make it cost effective you fucking loser like it's like it's, <laughs>
4: it's
0: it's like it was only cost effective to like ship all of our shit over there because they were like in development and still industrializing and now they're like no more so it's like fucking do something like it has to be done it's like you can make it cost effective all right if it's like cost effective for elon musk to sell his like giant like battery cars uh and get like a like a green um what's it called like where you get a tax incentive like yeah
1: a a big what uh, founded tesla in the first place by the way
0: yeah, yeah. Like w- if you could get 9 grand off your fucking giant, you know, California Camry from, you know, because and which is by on its own thing, you know, the the bat- the, the precious metals that go into those batteries hugely extractive and like destructive. Right. Then you can make it so it actually people make money and uh it is at least a break even operation to just recycle. <laughs> like yeah. like
1: figure it the fuck out. Well, like the CFC climate report says We need to internalize all climate externalities. That's what this Mm would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's internalization.
1: Yeah. And so, like, everyone talks a lot. Regulators talk a lot. The industry talks a lot. And now they're basically saying the exact same thing that they said in the 90s, which is we are working towards it. We are developing the technology. It's just hard. But we're, you know, mea culpa. We're we're doing our best. And... I mean... talk is cheap that's all i'm saying you know like
2: uh yeah yeah. i mean it it, this might be a dumb question but like (laughs) why can't like the part of the issue right is that like none of these things are really like sorted specifically enough that they're recyclable or that they're usable like can't we just pay a bunch of people to sort all this shit
0: yeah 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 (laughs) that's yeah
2: that's what i'm saying (laughs) like can't this just be a public works project where it's like hey we need people sorting this plastic so that it doesn't all get burned into the air and it doesn't
4: (laughs) choke (laughs) us all to
2: death like why don't like why don't we just like hire some motherfuckers to to sort the shit yeah (laughs) the covid (laughs)
1: unemployed um yeah but like also you could just pass a law that says any plastic produced must be recyclable Done. Mm-hmm. And you say right, you, have, yeah. you have three years, make every single thing recyclable. We all have auditors, enforcement, you know, and all this sort of stuff. You have to make it recyclable. Every single product, packaging, shipping, uh, any any hard product that is made, any hardware that is made also must be recyclable in a reasonable and universal way. And just mm. a law that just says that would be a start. And then we mm-hmm. all go back to wearing burlap sacks. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: yeah, I, I I,
0: yeah. Well, I mean the the funny thing is too is like all the all the people who make this stuff they are going to be like, "Oh, you're going to stop our our whole process. Our workflow is going to be fucked up because of it." Yeah, and it's like good. I have I have visceral memories. From the early 2000s, going into a Costco with my mom, going to their electronics section and seeing SD cards for sale. And they were literally in packaging this big, <laughs> yep. like it was a bathroom key at a cafe that they, because <laughs> it was supposed to stop people from stealing. It, it made specifically out of that impossible plastic that right. is really difficult to cut open and stuff like that. It's like this is a quick fix this is yeah, this, right. some of these things are not stifling innovation and even further to your point david about how people the, like there's never actually been meaningful recycling of this stuff that has always sort of been in the background the background and it's sort of been heightened specifically by like specific great the great pacific island garbage patch which is mostly mm-hmm. small plastics. Mm-hmm. And when you have environmentalists and people actually going into it and analyzing it, they're basically finding these tiny little pieces of plastic and they're like, wait a minute, this is from 1975. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like very truly, they're finding shit that's 50 years old.
1: I like to call that stuff... Pe-
2: it, really is a, it really is a majestic place. Like to- yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to call those little bits uh, Peter Thiel's koi fish. <laughs> that is going yeah, to be yeah. his little private island soon. Uh, it's exactly what he wants and exactly what he deserves. Uh, mm. I it is um, a frightening thing, and for a consumer, you know, you just kind of want to think what what can you do as a consumer, right? And I
2: mean, honestly, that's that's another law that could be helpful. Is that if in addition to the law you're suggesting, there's also an amendment where. Any CEO of a company that produces unrecyclable pl- plastic has to live on a garbage patch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dude, it, it's the size—it's the size of France. Not even—not <laughs> even joke. I did a whole research thing into it. it that pa- that garbage patch is the size of France. So you can go live on garbage Nice. You know, like uh, uh, it'll yeah. be—it'll be good for you. You know.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go gambling in the in the soda bottle Monte Carlo yeah yeah with my with my with my friend a dying seal <laughs> 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 he's really good he's really really canny uh yeah i mean so now that once this comes out that this story came out it seems like the executives are all just kind of saying the exact same thing at the 90s which is whenever they get beat like bad pr they basically just say we hear you we see you we're trying and then Maybe implement some superficial change and then do nothing. Continue on, and this is a huge problem with the media: is that we just don't really. There's so many horrible things all happening at once. We have a requirement to cover it all, but in the meantime, that just passes the buck from industry to industry of people being like, "Oh, we're not. We're dealing with guns right now. Okay, plastic industry is just not gonna. We're just we, we heat's off us now." Mm-hmm. So now let's, yeah. now let's deal with the uh, well, well, I, I mean, sector. What
3: I'm thinking about is, like, the, the big problem with the fires in California and in Oregon and Washington is that it's all uh, houses burning down, houses full of plastic, and that's what's going to be killing everybody who's breathing in the air in five years. You know, Boy. like, everybody who's out there is now being poisoned by these uh, heavy metals mm. and the plastics in the air. mm. More than just the hickory flavor of the trees.
0: <laughs> also, uh, I, I did a little research uh, just very quickly, and it looks like you were I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was you, I think you said it, Gabe, where British Petroleum BP first promoted and soon popularized the term carbon footprint in the early aughts. The company unveiled its carbon footprint calculator in 2004 so one could assess. How their normal daily life, going to work, buying food, and <gasps> air travel. Counting is calories. Large, yeah, is largely responsible for heating the globe. And a decade and a half later, carbon fr- footprint is everywhere. Which is like, yeah, we should probably not be flying as much. That's Sure, that's one thing. But I guarantee you all the executives of every one of those fucking Fortune 500 companies is just like, Cruising in, you know, yeah. those those. It's like,
2: sorry, I took a plane ride to like visit my dying grandma or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like,
2: you, fucking, you just fly, you you fly between just across state lines. Yeah, you know? a
3: helicopter from the
1: Hamptons back to downtown Manhattan every yeah. day. Right?
2: Yeah. I'm
1: sorry that they that was. Sorry that I didn't. I'm sorry that they didn't build an Amtrak line to a town that I live in that doesn't have an Amtrak station. Like you can't. Dude, yeah. that would be so fucking
0: funny if like, cause like that was one of the things that like Jeff Bezos wanted when they were trying to get Amazon in New York City. He's Like I need a helipad. I need a helipad from Long Island city to like somewhere else. That was one of the conditions. <laughs> and I would love it if one of these multi like cent uh, centibillionaires was just like, I want a train. I'm building a train. I'm building a whole train I right from here I to want somewhere a else. Train
1: network. Yeah, I, I would I would like that too. I would like trains. I love trains. I think that looks like maybe <laughs> one of the few, like one of the things that made me a socialist was just the idea of a nationalized train line.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's
1: just some that's beautiful. I'm a train boy.
0: I mean, dude. I mean, it's a start. It would be hilarious if you had fucking you know uh, Warren Buffett be like, oh, "Yes, I made a train. I made my own train. It's going directly with no other stops from fucking Allentown." to uh Flushing Queens. That's it. <laughs> it's one straight line that <laughs> it's like, okay, that's something? <laughs> I think that sort of helps. Uh,
4: no, yeah. honestly
2: like that is it, there are little moments where it's like you just have to appreciate like the brilliance of propaganda and like the carbon footprint thing. It's just perfect. It's like you mm-hmm. couldn't like conceive of a more beautiful like elegant piece of propaganda. Right. It's like it puts it, it has a very like crunchy granola kind of name.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yes. perfectly
2: suited to create a sense of competition. Like you get those human interest stories about like meet the man who who got his carbon footprint down to zero. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like as if like he's just gonna have like a perfect patch of clean air <laughs> in the center <laughs> of all the slog. Well, it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like
3: it, yeah, Lucy, like it's just greenwashing. And I think about this uh, when it comes to food. Like I walk into the bodega, and there's identical plastic bottles that are all lining the wall. And then some of the plastic bottles say Coca Cola, but next to it is a plastic bottle that says uh, Gratitude Tea, and uh, it's <laughs> and then next to that's another tea that's called like uh, it's called Inspire. And Guys. you're now buying, and you're like buying the same garbage, but the people sucking down those drinks that say like health and friendship. Uh, feel better about <laughs> themselves even though they're putting the exact same uh, toxic plastic
1: into the unrecyclable- and then they scold yeah scold and then they scold and then they scold people who can't afford that uh right and it's like but and really uh, the whole time honest tea is owned by PepsiCo <laughs> which is actually yeah. which is actually true which is I think it's the, one of the one of the nice little ironies of the whole green greenwashing movement
0: yeah and and like and and like the the difference in profit from these giant multinationals is like infinitesimally small compared to like what they're doing like i remember it happened in this last year fucking snapple went from glass bottles to plastic bottles and i was just sort of like (laughs) what the fuck man who can't it was a it was a nice glass bottle it was a nice black but you had to fuck it up it was like it, it was even part of its Snapple's own unique like marketing is like, "Ah, yes, the, you know, glass it's bottle. the best stu- the best stuff on earth in this nice little yeah. glass bottle." And then they're just like, "No, it's plastic now. Isn't that great?" And not only are they offering you less fucking Snapple, Ooh. but it's now in this like unbiodegradable thing, you know, like yeah. so- and, and and it's because it cost 1 cent less uh, as opposed to then when they were doing with glass.
2: No, you're right. It was even it was part of their marketing campaign that you hear the little pop yeah open it. yeah yeah yeah. Bottle, the little pop yeah and like, it's like and, and, yeah like you just fucking tank tank that so you could sell it in some plastic shit yeah it's
0: yeah. it's so stupid it's so stupid yeah yeah um
1: um, um yeah no it, it was uh like also i heard somewhere that glass recycling isn't good right <laughs> that you like actually shouldn't be glass recycling because for two reasons one it's like incredibly dangerous for the workers uh who have to do de- who have to like actually be at the facilities because ouchy uh and, <laughs> uh, and, and broken and, glass uh, everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah uh and then also uh glass is made of sand and sand ain't going nowhere like there's so much fucking sand it's, it really is a, 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 almost a renewable resource uh, mm. based off of like yeah. how much there is and how we will never really run out. There's an entire half of a continent that is just sand. <laughs> yeah. It's just there, sand. Yeah.
0: There's, there, yeah. And, yeah. And you can also just tell by how evasive these people are about the recycling process. Because if you go onto YouTube and you just look up aluminum recycling, YouTube's like, yes, we will show you aluminum recycling it's a, like everybody who's just like a little bit off is just like yes this is how you skim the sh- the scale off of the aluminum and then, and then they turn it into a big monolith and then they recycle it it's <laughs> aluminum but plastic it's like it's totally obfuscated uh, i have no idea how we
3: that we have a secret recipe and we can't share it on youtube <laughs> uh we, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll we'll direct you to our vimeo but you need a password <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh did you say that you wanted did you t- say the type that you wanted to see the best moments from buffy the vampire slayer <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it just redirects you yeah
1: to <laughs> top uh yeah good shit good shit i love it uh well we're all gonna die i get. i don't i don't know it's was- I feel
0: good. I I'm fine, man. I, mean, I feel good. Okay, I will say
1: one thing that's like kind of interesting about this is is the only real action that I've seen that's material in the past 5 years on climate change has been through capitalism actually. And that has been through mm. like the growth of uh ESG investing basically, right? That's the mm. environmental social governance investing which is mostly renewable energy but also has a lot of other like uh, it, it basically it's like a it's like an investment filter that people can choose to apply to their investments that have yeah. s- that screen for certain ethical practices such as you know use of renewable energy or a diverse corporate board or fair labor practices or whatever and um, it has become huge it is like one out of every four dollars invested these days has some sort of ESG overlay and. It is not that I'm sure huge amounts of it is greenwashed, right? They say it's good. But yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but when you have um the CEO of BlackRock, uh, which is eight point six trillion dollar money manager saying they are going to go all in on fighting climate change and divesting their portfolio from fossil fuels. Um it's a big deal. Like that is so much more, in my opinion, we, at, we brought on um, a journalist to talk about this and like compare Yeah, Kate. That, yeah, Kate Aronoff to talk about like this versus the Paris Climate Accord. And we all want to agree, like all of us, we want to think that governments can implement these things better. But if you think in an empirical basis, if BlackRock follows through on their promises, they will have reduced carbon emissions so much more than anything that Paris could have done.
0: Yeah, it's it's it. I mean, like yeah. you said, it's very greenwashed. But uh I mean, at least they're saying it. I mean, I again, I'll trust it when it happens. Right, but,
1: right, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But like, it's just kind of a, it's a pretty big statement. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, and now he said that, and then two months later, oil shares are plummeting. Uh, mm-hmm. basically, coronavirus really hit the oil sector. One of the biggest um exchange traded funds etfs uh was called you know us oil i think is what it was called uh and it just plummeted to the point where the shareholders had to sue uh this was like in april or may we talked about it a little bit but like uh oil is really permanently hit by coronavirus and by basically the entire financial sector uh realizing that there is money to be made in renewable energy and in woke investing, and um, it's a perverse incentive, and it's not the incentive that should exist. Um, but if you have two big bad boys fighting against each other, and one of them is saying that the other one is bad, and that one wins, in a very narrow sense, there is one less bad boy. And technically, <laughs>
0: yeah, technically,
1: right? Like yeah. you, yeah. yeah, like if if Ted Cruz beat Donald Trump. Donald Trump being gone, there, there would be less. There would be no Donald Trump. You'd still have Ted Cruz, but you have um, that. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe that's nice. I don't know. <laughs> I mean it, it's a it's a big
0: it's a big will it's a big will see right now. We yeah. really just have to wait and see. And in the interim, you might be having people who are literally trying to chop down trees as a forest fire is chasing them. So yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, that's the uh, that those are the big beaver lobbyists. Um all right, well, that's all I got. Uh anything else from uh, you guys can think of?
3: No, it feels good. Man, I'm go- uh I'm still on team <laughs> I'm still team beaver over here, so whatever. <laughs>
4: uh
1: all right, uh Lucy, anything you want to plug or say? Yeah.
2: Um hey, you can follow me on Twitter at the steinbag if you feel like it. No pressure.
1: No pressure. That's a good
0: That's a good a that's a good bit. answer. I love it. Also,
1: <laughs> a little bit of pressure. A little bit
0: um yeah pressure. yeah yeah
1: well that's uh, for you boys uh i don't know you, follow, you know where we are uh that's it and <laughs> that, that's it that's the show uh thanks for listening uh gabe when's your next show when's uh my show, show
3: is every wednesday night at 9 30 funhouse comedy and it's on zoom and you can find it by going to my instagram gabe pack one g-a-b-e-p-a-c one or funhouse comedy, which is also just funhouse comedy, one word on Instagram.
0: Okay. Um, and that I would just again remind people, please stop ordering milkshakes on Uber Eats. Just please stop. <laughs> it's really not you're gonna get a bad version of whatever milkshake you want. All right. Mm-hmm. It's going in it's my bag. Oh, I wanna D- yeah, stop.
1: I wanna say one additional thing. Sorry, uh is that if you get a paper straw and a plastic lid, the what's causing the paper straw to break is the fact that the plastic lid is jiving into it. Um if you if you push it. poke yeah poke yeah. If you push down the little like corners of the plastic lid, the paper straw won't deteriorate as quickly.
2: Oh my god. Yeah. That's such a good Life tip. hack. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yep, life hack. That'll save the planet right there. Um <laughs> uh all right guys uh the okay bye bye that was all right.
0: great bye. bye later bye